Wild Souls to a new episode of Tarot for the Wild Soul, deep conversations and tarot medicine for your soul's highest evolution. Um, it is 7.40 a.m. <laughs> and uh, was planning to record this last night and uh, could not. So I'm here with you beautiful people on the morning that this will be released. <clears throat> if you're hearing a crazy noise, which I hope you're not, because these microphones are supposed to be good. Um, that's my neighbor showering. <laughs> so good morning. Um, I also just realized that I've been saying the name of my podcast wrong <laughs> on the last two episodes. I think I've been saying soul medicine for your highest evolution instead of tarot medicine. And even now I'm unsure if I'm right or wrong today, but um, it's flexible just like everything else, but I did just um, remember that or think of that. It's hilarious. Um, welcome. Welcome to this very beautiful day. Welcome to this episode. It's an honor to be here with you. So I'm very happy to be with everyone today. Uh, the noise has subsided, thank God. <laughs> So today I think will be a very full episode. Um, episode uh, week three in every month will always be some kind of lesson, some kind of um, theory-based uh, episode. This week may be a little different. We'll have to see. You know, I don't know. Um, we'll have to see how things unfold uh, with the moment-to-moment -moment energies of the months and weeks. But here's the lineup for today. I am going to talk about Mercury Retrograde. I'm also going to talk about how to weave the tarot into um, relaxing and softening into the medicine of the retrograde. Um, not that there's much softening to do right now, but it never hurts to be more supple and available and open. So I'm going to be talking about that. I'm also going to be talking about the swords a little bit. I'll be talking about the eclipses a little bit. And y'all, so for anyone who doesn't uh, follow me on Instagram, I posted something yesterday asking for DMs about anyone who has questions uh, about anything related to their path and, um, you know, their tarot practice, et cetera. And uh, you, you guys flooded me, which was great. And I just picked three out of literally like a hundred DMs. So I'm going to pick, pick at them, you know, over the time, not all of them. Um, some of them are more personal questions and that's not, um, I, I will honor you by not sharing that. And I will also choose to keep everyone anonymous today. I didn't really qualify that, but I'm just going to ask, I'm just going to share the question and share my answer. So there'll be like a teeny little Q and a portion. Hopefully that's interesting to you. Uh, to you guys. Um, but the first thing that has to be spoken about is Charlottesville. So I want to take this opportunity to share um, my deep support for everyone who showed up at Charlottesville in support of um, saying fuck you to Nazism to racism, to transphobia, to homophobia. Um, I am 
a proud, very flawed, ever-learning ally and um, want to name that right off the bat, not for some anything other than to state because words are important right now. And sharing where we're at is really important right now. And Charlottesville and everything about the undercurrent of it has everything to do with the retrograde right now. And frankly, even if it didn't, it deserves a place on this episode. Um, so standing with the right side of history, standing with the honoring of the root system of literally thousands of years of um, colonialism and racism and oppression and Nazism um, is part of what is important for me to share publicly. And that seems like a no-brainer, but there was a lot of it that I didn't see and a lot of deep grief that I saw expressed um, with my friends who um, are both people of color and not. Um, so I would share to anyone who is um, white or white identifying, um, you don't need to have the perfect words to share that um, you care um, and that this matters deeply to you. This is a human issue, and more importantly, this is actually um, very deeply a, a an issue for us. I am a white woman. It is an issue for us to begin to take the reins of deep responsibility around to change. It has nothing to do with the responsibility of um you know, people of color, we are the ones who are, it, it is our responsibility to shoulder and to change and to step up and evolve. And evolution is really fucking uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. So if it's uncomfortable for anyone out there to hear this, you know, I, I hear you. Um, I, I understand, but this is a part of what we're doing now energetically, astrologically, and in this time in history, using our voices to be very decisive, to stand up for change. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm talking about voices, taking action is, um, should be, um, I hate to shit anyone, but is it, is a given, let's just put it out there, <laughs> is a given. And in the liner notes of this podcast, I will have links, um, to some of the best places I've seen to donate, um, to share your time and to anyone looking to be a more supportive ally. Um, there are innumerable, um, pieces of literature that I've really loved. Um, I will also include those in the liner notes, probably just a few, um, that I've really enjoyed. And, um, this undoing, you know, one of the other things about this time is that to say that all of a sudden things are so bad, it is so bad that we literally have people out on the street preaching hate who are unmasked. That is pretty bad. But this is, these are the times that 
the underbelly, the really gross stuff, the really tough stuff is coming out unmasked. And what's happening out in the macrocosm is only a mirror for the microcosm. And this is our opportunity, and I'm speaking to everyone, but this is our opportunity, everyone's in their own way, in their own collective and individual way, to not be afraid anymore, to honor um, where in our lives we've been masking something that was a deep shadow, where in our lives we have not stood up in service, where in our lives we've been blind or, you know, not of service or hurting someone and allowing ourselves to process that so that we can be available to stand up and speak our truth and not allow the experience of trauma, um, like unprocessed trauma, you know, that's a whole ball game, but I'm talking about a trauma within us, not necessarily a trauma inflicted onto us. It's a different kind of thread of trauma that I'm talking about. Um, to be able to look at our own personal um, blocks, barriers, traumas, and um, simply not allow them to stop us anymore from being present. Present. That's what we're talking about is presence. So there's so much to say about this. Um, and that probably wasn't the most eloquent um, thing in the world, but I, I have to say uh, something for my heart and for anyone listening to this podcast, because if anyone, um, this, is a, this is an issue that is the whole planet. And for me to keep it like light and pretty and, um, that's not my style. So imperfect perhaps, but, um, honoring it and we'll continue to honor, um, when things arise in the unfolding of the times that are, um, necessitous to being in alignment with reality and what's going on. Um, so I mentioned that Charlottesville has everything to do with Mercury retrograde. I'm going to put a pin in that and come back to it because it is, um, and by the way, that's not to say that I'm parlaying this um, immensely sad and really horrifying event into some astrological um, whatever, dance or something. Um, but but truly, it is in deep relationship with it Um and can be used for deep information and deep activism, which is what I want to talk about. And before I do that, I'm going to take a sip of my iced coffee. <laughs> there will be a few of those this morning. Okay. Mercury station retrograde on August 12th. So the unfolding of all of this with Charlottesville happened around the same time. That's not an accident. There's a lot to be said with that. Um, Mercury will come out of the retrograde, or come out of retrograde, I should say, on September 5th. I completely blurfed that in a previous podcast. And like, 
there's a lot of really powerful events right now. And for some reason, I think I thought it went all the way to September 21st. And that was totally my error. And I apologize for that. Um, the shadow of Mercury retrograde lasts a lot longer than it going um, retrograde retrograde and then direct. I'm, I was born in a Mercury retrograde and um, love retrogrades, actually. Knock on wood. I cannot believe I just shared that publicly. I feel like that was a strong jinx. We'll see how that unfolds. But I do. I like, I actually really like um, Mercury retrogrades. I appreciate them. It is the shadow period, the period before a Mercury retrograde and after a Mercury retrograde that is brutal for me. So everyone experiences them a little differently and that's okay. Um, But yeah, Mercury is stationed retrograde until September 5th in Uh, Mercury is in the sign of Virgo right now. And this Mercury retrograde is in kind of a almost like a a near opposition to Neptune. And when it's stationed direct on September 5th, it will be in Leo, which will be in the degree of Leo. That's the exact degree of the eclipse. So there's a lot happening right now. So here's the deal with that. In terms of tarot medicine and how that relates Mercury is ruled by the magician in the tarot. So we know that the magician is the great manifester, the great alchemist, and is someone who, when he is in alignment, when, because we notice on the Rider Waite, in the Smith Rider Waite um, magician card, we see two things that let us know how the magician is channeling the quality of it. Because again, the magician's whole essence, the soul essence of the magician is to bring something within him, out of him, period. That's it. In to out. The high priestess, incredibly, is the opposite. She's about bringing everything in and sharing it from a place of deep waters. Um, But this is the difference between the two because the magician is ruled by Mercury and the high priestess is ruled by the moon. So that's the difference. And even though they're somewhat dualities of one another, I would say, opposites of one another, mirrors, um, they're ruled by two wildly different energies. So the two things on the Smith Rider Weight card that clue us into the kind of alchemist the magician is and what kind of how this all blends into Mercury retrograde is that we see that there is a full altar with the four elements present on the magician's table, the pentacle for earth, the chalice for water, or, you know, the cup for water, the dagger for air, for, you know, sword suit, and the wand for fire. And that is in Wiccan tradition, in on a witch's altar, that is what is present in traditional Wiccan at least in my experience and pagan, those are the elements that you have present on the altar to represent the four directions. So we see immediately that the magician is channeling and alchemizing and manifesting in a balanced way, in alignment with all things, in alignment with what is in highest and best. And then we also see the second thing that's really important is that on the Smith Rider Waite card, the magician is holding kind of a double-sided wand. We can even say it's a double-sided candle. He's holding this up very, very high. And 
channeling with it, bringing something through with it. So we also know that not only is the magician in alignment in terms of the four directions, he's also open in the crown and in the root. So this is an example of north, south, east, west, earth, air, water, fire, and above and below. So this lets us know right away that the magician, um, when I talk about the soul essence of the card, I'm talking about its potential um, and the space we want to hold for a card. So if you think of the magician as being kind of a trickster, that's cool. I encourage you to hold a soul essence for it. It can be a trickster for sure. All of us can be tricksters. We all have that ability. We all have that power. Anyone who says that that's not them is denying that part of them. Everyone has it within them. It's the choice to not do it that makes us um, really forces for good and ultimately, you know, positivity to the best of our ability on this planet. So we have this example of this being who's bringing something up and out of him in alignment with all things. So the magician is sort of the essence of ego, but it's also the essence of the desires matched with the alchemical fire, matched with kind of this ability to use tools woven in with divine timing. Because anyone who's ever received the magician in a reading will know that when we receive this card, it is like a brush with divine timing. Something that we've been trying to do or manifest or get done for months, we can hop on a train very easily and it can be done very quickly. So here's what happens when we're reversed in this card. It means that there's a gentle pause on bringing something out. It doesn't mean that we're out of alignment. It also doesn't mean that we're somehow manifesting something that we shouldn't be, etc. Um, it doesn't mean any of that. It means that whatever we have within us that's ready to come out, there is a very important gestation period. So we need to review. And if we're rushing it, if we're trying to hasten it, quicken it, that's when we have broken phones. That's when we have broken computers. That's when our flight is delayed. That's when our car breaks down. Divine will do anything to try to get our attention and to try to talk to us. And our guides will pretty much do anything to try to get our attention and try to talk to us. And there's no greater way to be fully present than a broken down car. <laughs> I mean, it's not great, but there's no better way. And there's certainly no better way to be fully present and quiet, available for receiving than when you have a broken phone. So I want to share that because retrogrades, I should have probably started with this, retrogrades are amazing for their ability to bring us into a space of preparation for the new, for the new cycle, for the new launch. They are a period of review. Not all of them, as Chani Nicholas says so beautifully, are created equal. This one is very, uh, quite frankly, pretty explosive, but um, the again, essence of it remains the same, that we are all in this time where we are being invited to deeply drop in and understand that the magician is, the card is very, very specific about when 
the when he comes out and shares what he's going to share. Very specific. Because again, it's all it all has to be in divine timing. The magician can't do anything out of divine timing. So when we have a reversal, a couple different things are happening. It's cluing us in that we're trying to move into something out of divine timing. And by the way, that doesn't represent an evil. Um, it represents a, a humanness that's completely worthy of our compassion and our sympathy and our understanding. It's just a question of gently recentering. Um, and typically we know this because nothing will work. Um, things don't connect. People don't email us back. Things aren't happening. If that's happening to you around anything right now or has been, this is sort of the magician working in your life, letting you know like, hey, it's not time right now. So how we work with a, with a magician reversed is that we let ourselves get a little quieter, get a little bit more tuned in. We let ourselves rest a little more. And by the way, that doesn't mean laziness. That means literally rest. And in the sign of Virgo, which this is in, Virgo is ruled by the hermit. So once again, we have this, it goes back to the first episode of this podcast, like activation through incubation. There is there is a gentle mix of both. There is a very, nothing gentle about it, very powerful mix of both things. There's a lot of activation and a lot of waking up right now, and there's a lot of incubation, and both of those things are necessary. And Virgo being the sign of details and organization and specificity is also the great corn mother, is also the deep nourisher. She's the earth mother, the old, beautiful, wise crone woman. That is Virgo, holding that. Now, what happens when we have that essence of kind of older, more wise, like a little bit more time, a little bit more attention to detail, when Virgo is sort of out of balance, she becomes like the old woman in the red shoes in that story, sort of stripped of soul, kind of stripped, like really tight. Everything has to be brand new. There's no real room for wildness and creativity. And um, that's something we want to look at here. Um, where is our relationship to the sensual, to the physical, to this body, to using this body? to being imperfect with this body, to using our voices, to using our bodies, um, to stepping out, to staying still. Where are we in that? That's all what we want to look at. Where's our relationship to stepping up or staying still? And that's the important thing, stepping up or staying still. Um, and, you know, there's a lot to glean right now as well. So for as much as we're wanting and needing to speak out and to share, just as much time needs to be spent consuming. And when we're not consuming, reflecting and restoring, it's crucial. The most important force for change on this planet across the board, for the environment, everything, is personal responsibility, period. Looking at, I've spoken about this before, looking at where are the waters in you? Where are the beliefs in you? Where are the prejudices in you, in us, in myself? That is, it is wildly important right now to be very clear on that. And the hermit 
is the person, is the archetype, I should say, that helps us figure that out. In the end, it's Hermit is the great pause of the tarot. Truly, we can't really, again, like um, Magician Reversed, we can't really move in this card. It's a time to go in the cave and listen to the elder. So that's a really strange mix with um, such a time of uh, combustion and a need for activism. There has to be both. This is how... Um, really the times are different now than they were before. We are actually, you know, my teacher says we are actually shedding the shadow completely, not warring against it, but actually dropping it completely. Um, in many ways, of course, shadow is always going to be with us is always useful, but in terms of this, um, there's such an evolution happening with that. So drop in just as much as you go out this month and really, or during this retrograde and really pay attention, really pay attention to how that, how these two energies, magician reversed and hermit work with each other. And, you know, the other thing that's going on right now too, is that with this mercury retrograde and a sort of opposition, basically in opposition to Neptune. Neptune has two tarot rulings. The first is Neptune's related to Pisces. So of course that has to do with the moon card. It also has to do with the hangman. The moon and the hangman are two cards that have to do with hanging out in the unknown and being cool with it. <laughs> That's, And they're typically very painful because both of them have to do with a big, huge shredding and shedding of some kind of old ghost, of some kind of ego. Um, the hangman is really the preparation for a sacred death in a great way. It's um, a time when we're kind of reviewing. And when we're ready for death, sometimes the brain can play certain things over and over again. Sometimes we can, um, you know, we bargain with ourselves, right? About all these different kinds of forms of discomfort. Again, this is about stabilizing in the midst of that rooting down very deeply and showing up in however we can, in whatever way we can, in a very important way. So <clears throat> having said that, it's really important in this retrograde to be aware, awake, willing to be imperfect, willing to use our words, because, and this is really kind of the... Um, ultimately the the point of me sharing all this what we do what we say what we commit to and what we align ourselves with is um has ripple effects for maybe hundreds of years after this retrograde period this this month is a portal. I can't say it enough. It's a very, very, very strong portal for transformation. And we have an opportunity right now to shift the flow of things with our speech because we speak with Mercury. Mercury is related to air. It's you know related to Gemini. What we do with our communication and with our brain chemistry, with our thoughts, matters right now. So 
we have to start no matter what anyone you know there has to be at least a mix of internal inquiry and external response so there has to be a blend right now of looking very deeply inward not judging the self but looking asking yourself very deeply you know where do i feel comfortable and where is the limit of my discomfort can i move beyond it a step or five steps or 10 steps and can i move that into a place where i'm responding in this world externally in service without the need to be honored or thanked really and that's the same thing um you know when we recycle when we turn off the water after brush you know while we brush our teeth some for some people that's a given for some people they struggle with that and it's harder for them you know it's there are a lot of different reasons for that but there's not really, this is thankless work <laughs> and it has to be because, um, and it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's all about moving out of the realm of the ego into a space of service. So all of this is really important. The drop-in and the pauses are actually very important because what we, what we say right now and what we don't say have very strong ripple effects. So speak your truth. Let yourself be messy. Let yourself be humble. Let yourself be a student. Um, and that is deeply related to Charlottesville because, again, the, the maskless face, the bald expression of the id and the shadow and of deep... Um, delusion of hatred and um, deep prejudice. Um, this is the time. We cannot be so out of alignment with having our current president in office as to not expect huge, huge signs and huge showings and huge evidences of that. You can't have it. So not in any way condoning or excusing it, but I am saying that in order for us to really see, we can't deny the reality of it. So that's the first thing we have to understand right now. To say, this shouldn't be happening. I can't believe it's happening. You know, you can think that maybe, but of course it's happening. That's part of, for, for any white person who's hearing this, that's part of the privilege to be shocked. No one who is a person of color or a queer person is shocked by this. So that's the first thing, how we use our words. Take a moment before we share, pause, deeply go within, question. Don't be in a rush to respond. There's also a way to be a very, very strong zero tolerant ally with nonviolent communication in moments that are really important so that we're not creating more trauma in potential people who desire to stand up or people who have just simply never been exposed or thought about things in a certain way. Again, very strong need to have a foot in both camps, in deep inquiry and deep response, wise response. So Charlottesville being such an example of really ugly speech, really ugly tension, really intense combustion, and yet incredible, um, 
like just the most clear mirror to the forces at work right now, the old way that is absolutely dying out and really getting what is known as an extinction burst right now, which is that whenever anything, it's even in something as light as like candida, when we kind of start having a die-off symptom, we can feel horrendous but feel better before we have die-off, when candida is really running rampant in our system. Extinction bursts have to do exactly with something like this. Something coming out so boldly, so baldly, so horribly, that it makes us think like really we're more lost than we've ever been. And that's really not true. That's not the truth. The truth is that this has always been here. It is out in order to be unmasked, in order to be named, and in order to be um, stood up to, spoken on directly so that there can be a shift, so that something different can happen. Nothing's in shadow anymore. Everything's being brought up to the light. And if the light, you know, if the part of the shadow can't handle the light, it will literally get stripped away. And that happens with the power of our voices and our choices. So again, use this time and work with these cards, really tune in with these cards. You know, where are these cards showing up in your life? Personal responsibility in order to be available for change and for really, really deep inquiry. Um, yeah. Um, guilt and shame um, are not really helpful anymore. I'm not saying that those aren't really safe and okay things to feel, but um, the shock and the overwhelm need to be honored now while moving forward. And I'm not just speaking about, um, you know, social issues. Really, this is a complete human rights issue. It's not a social issue that's way too limited for Charlottesville, but environmentally, um, we are available to start taking personal responsibility. It's the overwhelm and the trauma and the paralysis of overconsumption and overstimulation that takes us out of the responsibility of um, resting very deeply in a place of just raw, honest inquiry. You know, am I making too much trash? Am I not recycling as much as I, sh you know, could be? Am I, um, do I have an opportunity to start shopping package free? You know, whatever it might be, um, looking at your, how you use, you know, electricity, whatever. It's not about judging ourselves. It's about looking and seeing how we can respond in a different way. And that's part of the review of this Mercury retrograde. It's both about the individual experience, because for some of us, this is, you know, for most of us, this is coming up both collectively and individually, and both of them have to do with the collective and the individual. So for example, this Mercury retrograde for you could be both about how to stand up as a better steward and ally to... Um, the people of this world and of this country and of the planet, of the health of the planet. And it could also be about a really special and sacred retreat 
that you really want to do and that you've been working on and, you know, investing in and, you, you know, it means a lot to you. Your heart is in it very deeply. This retrograde will both be about supporting the divine timing of that retreat and supporting both the coming out, eventual coming out of that retreat and the processing of it. And it will support the inquiry around allyship and stewardship and support so that we can come up and out in a different way. So a lot of complex things and a lot of combustion, obviously we're, you know, this is Leo season as well. It's very intense. Um, and all of this is in preparation for the eclipse, really all of it. Um, which is, you know, literally transformative in the most profound of ways. And I will talk about that more uh, the next time we meet. I'll have something more to say about that. And um, I think that's all I have to say. Um, hopefully that was useful and helpful. Just a different way to look at this. Um, really important. Um, now in these times more than ever before, personal responsibility and the wisdom to not respond from pain and fear, but from a desire to um, show up in our values, to take action for a sense of peace and equanimity um, and sometimes that means a middle way. Sometimes that's a more discordant, contractive, or really not contractive, but discordant way. So there will be moments where both will be correct. And there'll be moments where one will be the path of alignment or the other. And again, it's just a matter one step at a time, but begin with opening the throat and really tuning in with what is my truth right now? What's my truth in this time of history? What's my truth on this planet? My service. Really important time. And it, I mean, it's been important times for a while. But this is a moment where things really start being able to change. What we say matters. What we do now matters. The ripple effects of it are very strong. We need to... Um, dive really deeply and step forward and speak when it is in alignment. And if we're willing to do that, if we're willing to be courageous and bold and speak our truth and deeply examine our traumas and our privileges and our belief systems, no matter where we come from, um, we will be the force for change that we all agreed to be by incarnating during this time on the planet. Which leads me, um, I'm just going to speak about the swords very gently because they're the air suit and because we're in Mercury retrograde, I thought that this was perfect. I'm not going to talk about the sword cards, which you might be thinking like, why the fuck? say anything if you're not going to talk about the physical cards. Um, sorry, another coffee sip. I'm not going to talk about the cards because that'll take a thousand years. And because um, if you want to go into detail with me, we can do that off of the podcast. You know, if I talk about cards in depth, I'll talk about them 
probably like one or two on the podcast. But if I talk about a suit, um, you know, maybe later we'll go back to other cards. But this is, you know, an overview and not necessarily um, always a deep dive into theory. And today it'll be a little bit less of a deep, deep dive into all 10, really all um, uh, 14 cards in the suit. But it'll be like a little overview and I think it'll be helpful. So I am a reader of tarot who has not ever really been taught. I've been doing it for 21 years and have read everything there is to read and continue to read everything. I'm I'm an eternal student, but I am also a channel and an intuitive, and I'm also a student of my teacher's lineage, which is... um, incredible. Her name is Michelle Sine. And that is all kind of a braid of where my, uh, my, my teacher does not teach tarot. She's just a very deep mentor. You can look her up by name if you want. Her name is Michelle Sine. And, um, she, Part of all of it, my education in holistic trauma care and my education in tarot for the last two decades, my experience as a reader, um, my two-year anniversary, remember I couldn't remember whether it was two or three years that I'd been without a job, it's been two as of yesterday, and um, had been doing it for many years before that. all of it is a braid and a weaving known as soul tarot, which is sort of the way I I offer tarot um, to people to consider. So the way that I view the sword suit is really different from other people. But I want to share it because I think it's important. And I think the swords are the absolute most misunderstood aspects of the tarot. They're the parts of the tarot that I get asked the most about. No one needs to be afraid of the swords. Um, the truth of the sword suit is that they are here, all of them, to help us master our brain chemistry. So here's the deal with that. Feelings are not always facts. Some of you may know that. Some of you may not. My teacher says this. The Dalai Lama says this. Tara Brock says this. This is not new. Feelings are not facts. Not necessarily. We don't have to believe them if they arise for us. In fact, how we evolve, and it is all about evolution right now, baby, because evolution is uncomfortable. It requires us to move out of our comfort zone. It requires us to grow beyond our circumstances. This is all about evolution right now, which is why it's important to honor the discomfort we may feel around this around the times in whatever capacity we're experiencing them and yet step forward anyway with our truth and with our words and with our actions all of that is really important period that's the first thing to understand about um these times and both the gifts that the sword suit offers because the sword suit is a very misunderstood ally The swords are actually here to help us evolve out of brain chemistry traps that keep us from evolving and expanding. The brain 
and the primal nervous system has one operative to keep us alive, period. Being in what keeps us alive is very often related to the limiting behavior that we were exposed to, where we grew up, our family lineage, our traumas, behaviors, um, certain thresholds of receiving or of love that were passed down to us. All those are considered safe for the brain. And the brain is looking, I'm sorry to say this, for the bare minimum. The brain is looking for the bare minimum because the soul's desire in, in opposition to the brain is to expand and evolve and to get uncomfortable and to keep shedding and shedding and shedding and going up, 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 or down, 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 down. And to be in a fuller expression of itself, to break away from fear and family legacies and family dharmas and family karmas. And that is the sacred tension of kind of what we all agreed to do here on earth by incarnating. And the swords, believe it or not, the swords have only really ever been written about in this limited way of just describing the brain chemistry experience. There's never been a completion of the cycle. I'm like, okay, you know, three of swords, you know, may be related to a cycle of drama, to a deep heartbreak, to a broken heart, to an experience of feeling very wounded and very anxious and very in that flow. But then what do you do about it? That is where the literature is not there yet. It's there some in some capacities in certain pieces of literature, but not completely. And as somebody who is has pretty wild brain chemistry myself and had really wild brain chemistry, um, it's part of what I'm really passionate about. It's just offering that there's an opportunity to close the spiral with every single sword, sword card. And right now, we need that kind of teaching with the sword and that treatment of the swords more than ever. Because as a collective, we're just used to stopping at the feeling. If it feels tough or uncomfortable, if we're in seven of swords, if we're in five of swords, if we're in three or or the nine or the 10, there's just a brick wall. There's a, there's a hard stop, typically. Um, and what I'm inviting everyone into is to evolve beyond that. So for example, very lightly, if we're in nine of swords, a card usually described as being one of, you know, some people feel that it's sleepless nights or a nightmare or something that we feel is sort of a premonition of a horrible thing happening. And sometimes people feel that it's just deep and very intense fear-based anxiety or fear fantasies. You know, the question is, what is your practice? How, what is your practice in identification or an in inquiry around those really deep, crazy, wild thoughts? Where is that? You know, um, what are your tools? Whenever I, it's very rare these days, but if I wake up in a real nine of swords flow and I'm just like riddled with anxiety or riddled with panic or worry or um, all these what if thoughts, um, I will excuse myself from my bed and kind of get up quietly and I'll make a cup of tea and I'll go into my other room and I'll light a candle and I'll pray and I'll pull cards and I'll write things down and 
I'll really dialogue with God and my guides around, you know, how can I show up for my inner little girl who's very afraid as the inner mama to caretake this? Is this thought true? You know, can I go through the inquiry process of absolutely knowing it's true? That's a lot of Byron Katie's work. Um, Can I whittle this down so that I can hold the fear and yet move forward, yet be available to walk in truth? And that's the deal with the sword suit. And all of them have a particular medicine that I'm really excited about to share in my book about the tarot that will be out whenever I'm finished with it. Um, Because, um, sorry, another coffee break. Because I think that um, now more than ever, it's crucial that we begin to look at the swords not as problems, but as opportunities. Again, minor arcana cards represent the microcosmic, tough, digging in the dirt, hard human work. It's important that we treat it that way. It's not about always getting the star. It's not about always getting the chariot or the sun. It's about viewing these really deep cards as opportunities and maybe inconvenient cards as opportunities. Um, So I encourage everyone this week to journal, to put out all of your sword cards and not take their descriptions at face value so, so much. When you get a sword card, if you pull one in your daily draw, this is my advice to anyone. It sounds a little goofy, but it will really help. I promise you. What I encourage everyone to do who's learning tarot, trying to teach themselves is to, if you pull a sword card or a card that you don't understand, to get excited, first of all, even if it's shitty, and be like, okay, great. I'm ready to learn. Tune up with your guides, even if you feel like you don't know, quote, how to talk to them or whatever. You don't know, need to know the how to, to do it. Just have the intention. Be willing, as my teacher says. Um, you can just choose willingness. So tune in with your guides or with your higher self if you're not down with that. And just say, you know, I want to be taught. I want to be on a deep Um, I want to have a really deep training session with this card today. And I want to understand how this shows up, how it feels to be in this card, what the medicine of this card is, what I'm learning from it. And you can ask those questions and pull different cards, but really you want to commit yourself to a deep study and not be afraid because any fear that we look deeply in the eyes at is becomes a deep ally to us because fear is always here to teach us something, always here to teach us something. Often it's here to teach us and to provide a mirror for us that the old kind of egoic little kid parts of us are afraid of a big expansion that they're going to lose us. That will be, you know, it's, it's scary for the human consciousness to be evolving in a soul centered way. So very often old fears kind of have to do with that very thing that they have to do with just letting, giving us a heads up like, yeah, okay, you're scared. Cool, cool. Um, I can hold space for that compassionately while also stepping the fuck forward into what I'm doing. So I would love to encourage everyone to explore that this week um, and really 
like forever. You don't need to do it this week. But a sword suit is really important and is, I think, crucial in terms of the energy of the suit to, you know, um, really expanding as a collective past our ideas of um, the importance of, um, well, the limitations, right, of fear and how we may feel like we have to stop or pause or sometimes we do in in great fear, but it's how we use the pause that really matters. So that's all I want to say about it right now. I'll go through other sword cards. Um, I promise. I promise you I will. But for this moment, I kind of want to um, kick it with some questions really quickly. And uh, they're quickies, so I won't keep you too much longer. And hopefully this served. You definitely let me know your gentle feedback. Um, I'm not available for mean things. Uh, no one has been mean thus far. I'm not available for it. But if you have uh, gentle feedback, constructive or not, I'm very happy to hear that. Um, so thank you. Okay, so um, the first question I got was from a lovely person on Instagram. And I'm not going to say names, but um, maybe I will later. But I didn't qualify that with anyone, so I'm just going to play it safe and not not say names. So this person writes, hi, Lindsay, I have a question. What is a good starter tarot deck? So that's a, um, I would say the Smith Rider weight. That's actually not my deck. My deck is the mother piece. Um, but the Rider, the Smith Rider is a wonderful starter deck and may even in fact be your deck because I feel that if you understand rider theory, you understand almost every deck. Um, that may be very controversial. I don't know. That's been, um, it hasn't actually been my experience because I was a reader on rider my whole life and I didn't really get a lot of the information and didn't really have access to my connection with what tarot could be until I started to fold in mother piece until that card, until that deck was given to me and came into my life. And then when I went back to Ryder to teach at the Brooklyn Fools tarot journey, it, it really brought something full circle for me around the weaving of kind of the, the, the um, older deck, you know, obviously Ryder is timeless and classic and, beautiful and important for a reason. So I usually tell people Smith Rider weight because it's a wonderful deck period, but an ideal starter deck, because if you really understand the theory, um, really any deck will unlock for you. Um, I, I believe, I believe that's true. And you know, that's an aside, but to anyone who really wants to deepen their knowledge of the tarot, just study. And, you know, you know, some people might have different things to say. I think that to really step forward with your own flavor of tarot, there has to be a healthy mix of really committed study of everything you can get your hands on. And of course, questioning all of it, including what you're hearing here today. 
and um, practicing, like actually putting applications to it because tarot is a practically applicated tool. Like you have to use it in order to get it, to understand it, to make connections with it. So there has to be a, a mix always of using it and learning about it, reflecting on it, going by. I'm doing that all the time, even though I'm a very booked up lady. So yeah, I hope that helps. Smith Rider Waite. So someone else asked um, about reversals and the unexpected ways they manifest. So this person said, I got the five of swords reversed in my deck this year in terms of reading for this month. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm like on air <laughs> and I'm like pausing to read this question. It was worded a little, uh, it's, it's not in a way that it was worded very impassionately. So it's a little harder to read it. Um, so this person asks three really important questions. Essentially she asks about reversals and the unexpected ways they manifest and what do you do when you do not want to believe your cards? How do you give, how do you not give into the fear of the lessons that await you? I mean, that's a great question. I may actually stop with that one. I had a third one, but I may do that one later in another episode. Sorry, everybody. Um, okay. Here are Lindsay's views on reversals. Um, reversals are great and often are not as crunchy as we think. In fact, I believe that most of the time when we're in a card that's typically a little bit more thunderous, like the tower or the devil or nine of swords or 10 of swords, when we get the card reversed, it can often mean that that the intensity of the card is softened or that we're actually moving out of the card or that we have an awareness enough of what's going on with the card to um, have an arm's length on the identification of it. That's always what's been channeled to me from my, from my guides. And it has resonated in the many, many readings I've given. So I encourage you to look at, because here's the deal. If we're viewing the tarot in a truly soul-centered evolutionarily driven way, which is really the deal here on earth. That's a reflection. It, this life is, has nothing to do with fair or unfair, good, bad, right, wrong, nothing. It has to do with evolution and us doing what we agreed to come here to do, to be an expression, a force for love, a force for leaving, you know, a very deep lasting mark on our willingness to evolve and sometimes in order to be our full expression of what we came here to be on earth, there is suffering. Sometimes that's been true of my life and true of many of the people that I've seen. Um, and we got to look at the tarot the same way because the tarot can't be different from life. The tarot can't be, this is good, this is bad. The reversal is bad. The right side up is good because there are many things in this life that are similar to a quasi-reversal that bring a deep medicine. It's about stepping away from the ego identification that right side up is good, reversal is bad, that kind of envelops us into this whole new way of viewing them. So that's the first thing, is that you want to ask every single card that you get, reverse or right side up, 
what is the medicine and what is this inviting me into? Everything is an invitation. That's part of soul tarot. Everything in this life is an invitation. And everything, as my teacher says, is either inviting us up or it's inviting us down. And we get to choose, you know, are we going to go up with this or are we going to go down with this? So with the reversal, the reversals just provide a different flavor on the right side up version of the card. So the right side up version of the card is like, usually I use the example of a chicken, but is like a cup of coffee and the reversal is like a cup of coffee with milk or it's coffee with syrup or it's coffee with flavoring or it's cold coffee or hot coffee. It represents a different quality that the coffee can take on. So the, and that's true of life too. So it's not like we go from sickness to health. It's not like we go from bad to good. It's that we go from, you know, in the, you know, um, in the sun card, let's say, an invitation into deep illumination and clarity and insight, which is the right side up interpretation. Um, and it's honestly not a card that I feel is really connected with joy as much as people think it is because it, I've been in the sun card a lot and I don't feel happy. Um, it's really about seeing and coming out of a passage of darkness. And the reversal is not that the sun isn't shining. It's that we're learning to trust the sun. We're learning to trust the light. After someone's been at war, if they've been hiding in the bunker, if someone tells them like, hey, war is over, come out of the bunker, they're probably not going to fly out of the bunker. Human nature has shown us that <laughs> most likely we're going to have some reservations. So it's about honoring that trust in the light. And it's the same thing with the star. The star is a deep invitation into trauma healing and softening to, to divine and opening the heart and clearing, crying, cleansing. Um, when reversed, it's not like we're ignoring that. It's not like we're disconnected from divine. It's that it might feel harder to make that connection. Or we might know that we have a huge cry or we really need a break and we just don't know how to take it. It's like being on the highway and being in traffic and you can't quite merge over to the exit lane. So you're just like stuck, um, you know, going longer than you would normally do because no one will let you over, you know, and of course we are in all of those cars. So the reversal, we just want to look at it from a real soul centered way and just breathe and be like, okay, cool. Now for this person, they mentioned getting five of swords reverse. Five of swords reverse is actually a lot nicer and more gentle in my experience than the five of swords. So whoever's, whoever got that, um, it's partially meaning that you're moving out of an old cycle of um, deep identification, making choices that, you know, eventually hurt, making gambles that don't pay off. It's about moving out of that with ease and grace and about really seeing like, whoa, you know, I see these patterns and these cycles and I'm moving out of that. Um, and it's really hard to get something from the tarot that we don't want to see. Um, trust your hands and massage your way into it and just like tune in. Um, I will, for myself, um, 
I did a year head spread that was uh, has been very reflective actually of this year, but was very challenging for me to receive because it's been a year of profound lessons for me on a personal basis. Um, very helpful, um, but very tough in moments. And I basically recorded my answers and asked a lot of follow-ups, like pulled many, many qualifiers for the cards that I pulled. And it's August now, just went back and revisited it eight months later and said like, wow, this has all been true down to the month. This is crazy, but it's about respecting. What am I learning in it? What is it teaching me? So for the person who might be, um, you know, for the person who asked, you know, how do you trust the tarot when you don't want to hear the answer? you dive into what is it to be present? What is it to trust in the divine intersection between free will and destiny? What is it to create an environment for your inner self that is peaceful, even though you may be in a deep mastery or a deep teaching experience of a card that's a little spiky? Um, It's okay. And traditionally, Um, The cards aren't literal. They can be, but they're not typically. So if you're in a death card um, flow, you're most likely not dying. And if someone is dying, um, it is a deep teaching about the nature of death. And that's not lost on the card that's coming up. It's not just random horror. It really is a deep teaching. So I don't have an answer directly on like how you can make that all better because I don't think it it gets all better. I think that it's how you look at what it's offering um, and how you have compassion with yourself around needing to leave a card and then come back to it and leave a card and come back to it and work your way into the water that was a different temperature than you had expected or thought that you'd be in. And I think that's it for me today. I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, I'll have another, um, what is today? Yeah, well, my episode will come out. Um, I'll have an episode, an interview episode next week. And we'll do a lot of talking about the eclipse in Leo before that. May even have an extra bonus episode before that. We'll see. Um, Sending, again, my deep love to um, Heather Heyer's family, to everyone who lost their lives, to the beautiful people who showed up that day and, you know... um, endured injury, endured terror, endured uh, trauma to anyone who stepped up and out, um, who donated, um, and to anyone who is feeling the exhaustion or trauma or triggering of that. Um, I'm bowing to you, and I see you, and um, yeah, I'm sending my very deep love and my very deep Uh, naming of your suffering and I'm wishing everyone a really beautiful week. Um, 
And once again, hydrate, eat well, keep your, the, um, I have a couple of recs. So, um, a couple of different people to follow who are really fighting the good fight in terms of strong, um, words of deep activism and especially ways in which healers can be of service in this way. Um, the voluptuous witch is amazing. She's on Instagram. Um, the woman who married a bear has some really beautiful wisdom to share um, around kind of um, for more, like white allyship, which is, I think is really important. Uh, she had a post that I thought was very important to read. Um, and then, uh, of course, the hood witch. Of course, um, all these are Instagram pages. I feel like I'm forgetting someone so important. Oh, Jessica Lignato um, is doing incredible things. Chani Nicholas. There's so many people who are um, really stepping up and and um, in incredibly deep commitment and service and beauty and activism. And um, there is definitely an Instagram name I'm forgetting, and I'm so bummed at myself because um, oh. I think I remember Money Witch. That's it. So Money Witch is an Instagram. She wrote the most beautiful post about essentially um, some really gentle but really strong words to um, white, uh, very overly sensitive, hypersensitive, empathic um, white um, allies uh, that uh, she just wrote the most beautiful post about um, essentially the self-care that we need to employ in order to be um, deeply looking, deeply evolving, deeply showing up in service. Um, and I would say even beyond um, being allies for the force of deep shifts in racism, it, it's very important to read, period, because the tides are really turning with the whole the idea of responding in a way that's an ease and grace. This is really a time to step out of our, our comfort zone and to respond from a place of truth while understanding and respecting that the nervous system is going to be really uncomfortable. And that's, um, I have deep compassion for that, but yet it's, it's important to start talking about and thinking about and really reflecting on. So those are my people for y'all today. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. I hope this served and I'm wishing everyone a really beautiful and peaceful and medicinal week leading up to the eclipse. Be really gentle with yourselves and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>